thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Veteran Welding Podcast. Before we kick off today, let us thank our sponsors. Vetra Welding is your go-to site for your off-road fabrication needs. Need some race-tested brackets, tabs, and trusses for your daily driver, weekend trail rig, or your full tube chassis? Veteran Welding has you covered. Need advice on which parts you should use for your project rig? Veteran Welding has you covered. Or do you want to learn how to weld, but you can't find anybody to teach you because you really want to start expanding your skill set for either work or your personal project at home? Veteran Welding now has you covered with our online courses. Currently, we offer a TIG 101 course and we'll be adding a MIG 101 soon. For all of your off-road fabrication needs, head on over to veteranweldingcompany.ca. Hey everybody, how's it going? Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I'm Chris Reeder, your host. Uh, and before we kick off with today's episode, I want to give you guys a little bit of insight onto what you can expect to see with the Veteran Welding Podcast moving forward in 2021. So with last year being what it was, we had to pivot and shoot on the move like a pretty much everybody else. So towards the end of last year, our episodes started to taper off and become a lot more unfrequently, infrequently, whatever the word is. Anyway, you get what I'm trying to say. Uh, And to help mitigate that, what we're doing is, so this is the third week in January right now of 2021. The date's the 18th. Um, And all of this week, I am wrapping up as many episode recordings as possible as many um uh interviews as possible editing all that stuff this way i can sit there get it booked for ideally perfect world scenario would be the rest of the year that's not going to happen i'm going to probably get into more than likely third quarter and then fourth quarter you know i'm going to have to start recording but Hey, I'm going to have three quarters to fill that fourth quarter. You guys see what I'm trying to do here. Essentially, I just want to plan out the rest of the year. That's the goal, okay? Or as much of it as possible. So who's coming back on? Well, we got Julie Wheeler coming back. We're going to be talking with her about partnerships and sponsorships. Bruno is going to be coming back and we're going to talk about, uh, let me look on the board. We're going to be talking about team building, team focus, and team motivation. Uh, Since the last recording with him, uh, I brought him on as my personal coach for the business, and it's just been a huge eye-opener, and him and I have been talking back and forth, and I could feel it myself being a better leader, a better businessman, better husband, better father, so... There's that there. Uh, We also have CR Fabrication coming online uh, with an interview. Who else? Uh, Off the top of my head, we got Foots Fabrication. I did that one there the other day. We're going to have Crap Out Welds. Got them done. And who else? A whole bunch of other guests, essentially, are going to be coming on the show. Um, And the reason I'm bringing guests back from last year is because something has changed. Something um, has evolved that I think they will be able to bring value to you guys. So that's why they're coming back on the show. And hopefully next year we can bring back some of those guests again, as well as some of the guests from this year. Anyway, guys, so if you guys want to talk, want me to talk to somebody uh, or interview them and go from there, have them reach out to me, chris at veteranwelding.ca, or they can reach straight up to the podcast. Um, 
the veteran welding podcast at gmail.com and we'll move forward from there all right guys so let's dive into today's episode that's enough chin wagon on future episodes and what's going on so today's episode is going to be this guy chatting to you about cash only all right now from personal experience when i started veteran welding i wanted cash only i didn't want to sit there and take a loan or a grant or anything like that from anybody i wanted to like you know go and do this on my own sweet awesome great mindset to have didn't happen (laughs) all right so why didn't it happen? Well, how, how did veteran welding step off? Where did we get the money to actually start acquiring some of the equipment? So the first two big purchases that I made for the company were a 20-foot enclosed car hauler trailer and the 500-amp diesel generator welder that I currently have sitting out back of the shop doing nothing. All right, now why did I buy these? Uh, currently where we live, Veteran Welding did not have a home, all right? They had an office, but it did not have an actual shop. We were renting uh, and we got extremely lucky. The owners of the acreage that we were living on, I told them like, you know, I wanna start my own company, but I have nowhere to, to start up. And he's like, oh, you can work out of my barn or you can do here and you can do there and da 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 And it got me thinking, would I work sooner work out of somebody else's space for free and have that? I'm not saying he would have, but ha- run the risk of them being like, oh, I'm letting you work here for free. You got to do all this work for me for free. Or would I sooner sit there and, and have my own space on the property? So that's what I ended up doing because I didn't, I wanted to be as fluid as possible with my clientele. All right. What I mean by that is, If I had a client say, I need somebody to come here, weld on site for the next 10 to 12 months. With that setup, with everything literally being on wheels, I can just hook up, drive it over, level everything out, put it on blocks, the whole nine yards, chain and and lock it up, and then I'm good to go. Or if a customer is like, well, you know, I need some TIG welding done. Hey, I have a covered space. I can do some TIG welding. I can do this. I can do that. I can do mobile. So that's that's why I bought those first two pieces of equipment. Now, the trailer was brand new. Um, and the welder that I got, this was back, I think it was the summer after Fort McMurray had that huge, huge, huge fire. Anybody who lives in Alberta knows what I'm talking about. Um, anybody who doesn't. I think it was back in 2016, uh, Fort McMurray, which is the huge oil hub for Canada for the, for the most part, had a massive fire roll through and it wiped out majority of the town and it just, it, w- it was pretty bad. Anyway, this welder was a fire sale because it was fire damaged. Uh, the only damage that was done to it was the, uh, the faceplate, which is still on it, um, got cracked due to heat. Other than that, it, it works Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Um, And the guy threw in a bunch of welding leads and a fire extinguisher, which was kind of nice and convenient. Anyway, that's how I got it. All right. Now, where did I get the money for that? Well, I had used my retirement savings for it. I'll be honest. All right. That's where the money came for from there. And soon after that, because I was, you know, feeling the market out, I'm like, okay, a lot of what I'm going to be doing is going to be field related and I'm going to be literally outside welding. I'm not going to need anything else. As soon as I 
kind of bought into that train of thought, I had a machinist come up to me and go, hey, I have all these parts that I need welded. Which sucked because none of those parts were big enough to use or weld together with stick. I needed a TIG welder. Okay, so how are we going to do this? Well, this is when I needed to sit there and find an injection of cash because I couldn't find enough work to justify keeping the company up and running. I, I honestly couldn't, plain and simple. So this TIG core or this TIG job that came along was going to sit there and keep me going for at least three or four months. So it's like, okay, cool. So I sat there and started talking to a couple different banks, one thing and the other. Finally sat there and I got a loan. We sat there, took the loan, went out. I bought the, uh, the Miller Dynasty 210DX, which is the biggest of their small TIG welders for anybody who doesn't know Miller. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. I bought that. Now, why did I buy that one specifically? Because that was what I had been using for about six months straight when I was in school. So I understood a lot of this welder. I understood how to get into the background settings and tinker fart with that. And I can essentially get the most out of it right off the hop. The only thing I had to do was get a um, water cooler, which I went to our local Miller um, repair location, Christensen Electric here in Calgary. I told them, this is the welder I have. I need a cooler. And I bought a secondhand cooler off of them. Just having some water. Anyway, bought a cooler off of them. It's still running to this day like a champ. Anyway, once I had that, guys, got that work going, the job started coming in. But the problem was now I need to sit there and get a bigger space because I had guys coming in going, hey, I need you to do the roll cage on my side by side because I flopped it. And it's now at like a 30 degree angle instead of it being straight up and down with the sides. Like, can you do this for me? Me being gung ho. Yeah, I can do that. No problem. He dropped it off. And as soon as he dropped it off and I tried to roll it into the frigging trailer, guess what? It filled the trailer between that and the equipment. I had no room to work on it. So I literally had to set up a tarp and everything else like that. So what ended up happening was I sat there and I started to look for a different space to rent and one thing and the other like that, which we ended up moving into. And if you guys have been following me for a while, uh, I moved into a really, really nice, uh, what was it like 40 by 60 shop or something, something along those lines. Like it was, it was nice. It was really, really nice, but that came with its own issues. Um, and to be honest, looking back, I would, if I could do it again, I would not have done that because that rent along with the rent for the house, um, it was astronomical. Like for about two years, we were spending money hand over fist and majority of the loan that we had got went into there. A lot of my retirement savings went into there. Now, why am I telling you guys this? Well, I'm showing, I'm trying to show you guys that just because you have the money doesn't mean you can just spend it all on rent. All right. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. I didn't. We didn't just spend it on that. We spent it on failed marketing. We because people would sit there and say, "Oh, I know this guy. He does. He's made me a lot of money. He'll be great for you. Great." And it never happened. Uh, same thing with failed business ventures and stuff like that. 
But what I want to talk to you guys about today is how to make the most out of the money that you have or the money that you have received through loans and grants and stuff like that and going from there. So what are some of the pains of not having it? Let's just start plain and simple right there. Um, You're going to grow really, really slow. All right. Now, everything that I'm talking about, guys, this is on a well, this is for a welding and fabrication company. All right. This might be different for machining. I can't really see it being different, but might be different if you're running a machining company or a printing company or whatever. So just remember, this is specifically coming from a welding company, but it applies to pretty much anything. So your growth is going to be slow. You're going to have to figure out how can you stretch those dollars. All right. Um, One of the ways that you can do it the fastest is figuring out what's going to make you more money. All right. Are you going to sit there and take on a job where you can you can only do one of every week and you make a thousand dollars? or a job where you can do 100 per week and make $20, all right? So $20 per part, that is. So that's one thing you got to look at, the speed at which you can get the work done. Now, this right here, that that example right there is one of the reasons why I then went out and bought a MIG welder, all right? Because with stick welding and TIG welding, you can only work so fast. And I, I personally, when I was doing a whole bunch of aluminum stands, I needed to sit there and get it pumped out. Yes, I still ended up final weld, final TIG welding everything together, but sitting there and just tacking it all together was just a pain in the ass. I sat there, I looked at how I was assembling them and I could tack them together in a way that one, the tacks were my start and stop locations, but also on top of that, once I fired up on those locations where I MIG welded it together, MIG tacked it together, and I fired up with the TIG, there we go, and I carried on, you couldn't tell the difference, all right? And even if you could tell the difference, it didn't matter because it was either gonna be underneath a plate or tucked in a way where it's hidden, all right? So the allocation of funds really started to pick up, all right? Along that time, I started to sit there, and this is back in, 2018, right? Late 28, early 2018. Sorry. Um, we sat there and things started to pick up, and it's like, okay, I need some bigger equipment. I need to cut material faster than what I can with a a carbide tooth chop saw. All right, I need to be able to cut it more accurate. So I then went out and I bought a used 14 inch uh, Hydemech bandsaw, horizontal bandsaw. Right, this thing I got it now and. With being in the new shop, I don't really have room for it, but it's one of those things where it's like, as soon as I get rid of it, I know I'm going to regret it because it is so versatile. It is semi-automatic. So essentially you just set it up and set your feed rate and walk away when it's done cutting, it just shuts off and we're good to go. So it's all, it afforded me more time to work on the setup for the welders or address other little setup or teardown issues or even cleanup between jobs. And then after that, I'm like, okay, I need a way to accurately start punching holes. And my train of thought for the next piece of equipment, which was a mistake, was why buy something where I can only just cut hole or drill holes? Why not sit there and have it so I can drill and face things off and all that other stuff? So I went out and I bought a mill. I totally got blindsided by the thought of having a mill. 
Now, I didn't just get blindsided. I got like run over by a, the blindsided train because I actually went out and bought a brand new one. I still have it. I still use it every correction. When it was powered, <laughs> I used it every single day. But in hindsight, I should have went out and if I was still going to get a mill, bought a used one for like four grand instead of what I did pay for this one. That being said, like I mentioned, I still use it every single day. So the point that I'm trying to, to make, guys, is when do you when and where you buy equipment is is crucial. All right. In hindsight, instead of buying a, a mill, I really probably should have bought like a half decent four by eight plasma table. In the end, I think that would have well, with hindsight, I think that really would have um, saved a lot of time and headache. But it is what it is. Because right now, that's my biggest hurdle is turnaround times for plasma cutting. Uh, actually, no, sorry, laser cutting, because that's the, the process that I decided to go with. Quality's better. Anyway, so I hope that part there helps with some of the pains of growing slowly and not taking your time and properly allocating where the funds are going to go. All right. So something else to think of is when do you apply for them? Now, there's two different schools of thought and okay so the first school of thought is only apply apply for them when you need them okay that works and then the other one is apply for them and then just sit on the money okay now apply for them when you need them let's talk about that for a second so if you apply for a loan and it's just like shit i need let's say 20 grand by the end of the month and it's already the 20th. You're not going to get that money that fast from a reputable lender. So try and use some forethought. If you are going to need a need a loan or whatever like that, really sit there and try and project out, be like, okay, at no later than X date, I need to sit there and have a loan or grant or whatever you want to call it. Now, the ups to that, the, the pros to that, sorry, are, well, you're not paying, you're not paying for it because you don't have it, but you're paying for it because you don't have it, if that makes sense. What I mean by that is you're going to be paying for it by not having it because you're like, shit, you're going to start scrambling and making flinch decisions and going back and forth. Whereas if you sit there and get the, get your loan. All right. And then you just sit there and you have the discipline to let it sit in an account, its own dedicated account. All right. And as it's collecting interest, you're sitting there and you're paying your monthly payments, the whole nine yards like that, then you are laughing. All right. Because you're going to sit there and as it's gaining interest, you are gaining your credit scores going up and all this other stuff. So it kind of makes sense to do that, but it could bite you in the foot as well. If you need more money down the road, they're just like, well, what you had this in your account. Why aren't you using it or whatever? There's, I'm pretty sure there could be something that from that, that comes back and bites you. Talk to your accountant, talk to your accountant before you do any of this. Because 
if you sit there and you have an accountant that is that knows you, that knows your company, he'll be able to point, he or she will be able to point you in the right direction so you can make the best informed decisions. As a business owner, never make a decision unless it's informed. All right. All right. So there's that. Um, some of the different ways to acquire funds that are out there. Uh, obviously, loans through a bank or an investor, grants, uh, a family loan or inheritance, and an angel investor. Now, uh, personally, with everything that's been going on, um, when we started off, it was just a loan that we got. And then with all this COVID bullshit going on, we, we've gotten some grants. Now, I, I personally don't like grants because I don't like getting things for free. It's my own. Pardon me. Sorry, guys. It's just me. I got, if, if I'm going to get something, I want to work for it. I want to feel that um, when, when it's paid off I, or done being built, I want that the gratification of, hey, I did it. Here you go. I owe nobody nothing. Um, and once again, talk to your accountant and go back and forth from there because each one has its own pros and cons. Some grants, it's like, yeah, you, you know, you only have to pay back X percent until this date here. And then after this, after this date, it rolls into um, a, a loan or one thing or the other. And it's just, there's so many different ways that grants can be written up. You really have to sit there and read the fine print. All right. With loans, I've found that they're they're pretty cut and dry where it's just like, OK, we're going to give you X amount of money at X percent for X term and we want X interest. Now, with that being said as well, if you go to sit there and you go to pay back your loan and look, conversation sake, just humor me, guys. If you sit there, you you take out a loan tomorrow and for a hundred thousand dollars and then the next day after that you win the lottery and you're like oh i'm gonna pay off my loan you turn around and go boop here's a hundred thousand dollars loans paid off that there could be a clause in there that says you have to stay you have to keep the loan for a certain period of time or else you get dinged a penalty all right now that could be five ten twenty five percent who knows but Make sure you know your loans, all right? Sometimes it pays to have a loan, all right? Not only in not paying fees, but also you get your credit score every month that it's paid up, it goes up and all that other stuff. Uh, family loans or inheritance. I've, I have no experience in this, but I have heard of people who essentially have that rich uncle or the rich family member and they approach them with a business proposition saying, Hey, this is, this is how much I need. This is why I need it. This is how and where the money is going to go. And this is what you get in return. It could be shares in the company. It could be a crisp high five, who knows, but you guys see what I I'm saying, saying, if you guys can do that and you like the person who is going to be loaning you money, then it might be something to look at, but that, that, that is a situation that you have to figure out on your own. I can't really give you much more 
information or guidance other than that, because like I said, I don't have the experience with that. Uh, and then the final point being angel investors, same thing. I, I've heard of them. I tried to listen to podcasts where they had an angel investor on. And I honestly, I, I don't, I don't understand how they can be that helpful because at the end of the day, they want buy into the company. And it seems to be very goal driven where you could lose the company in a hurry if you're not reaching deadlines and stuff like that. So that being said, let's start talking about um, the equipment itself. Okay. So let's say you bought a plasma table just for conversation's sake. Okay. How do you calculate the equipment's hourly rate into your hourly rate for the shop? How do you do that? All right. There's a couple of different schools of thought. Um, one is to sit there and look at the life expectancy, the life expectancy of the equipment. So let's say you took out uh, fifty grand. Okay, I'm gonna just punch this into the computer so I can do the math here. Fifty, fifty grand. All right. Um, actually, hold on. Twelve times twenty. That's 240 months. So 50 divided by 240 is $208 a month, all right, and change. So let's call that 208. So what you could do is look at what's the life expectancy of your equipment. Well, the life expectancy is a direct representation of the loan term, all right? So in this case, it's 20 years at $208 a month is 50K. That This isn't including interest. I'm not going to put interest in there because I'm not a math boy and I fucking hate trying to do math right off the top of my head. That's why I got the calculator open. Don't be afraid to use your calculator or your fingers and your toes. Everybody has a system. Anyway, point being is you sit there, you look at your hourly rate and then you're like, okay, I got my hourly rate rate or my monthly rate, which is 208, you know, take that and be like, okay, every day it has to make 208. Yes, I realize I just went from month to day. But ideally, all right, if you can have a piece of equipment, and by the time it is ordered, delivered, hooked up, and somebody is trained to do it, if you could sit there and have that thing making $208 a day, you're laughing all the way to the bank. You really are. Because 208 times 30 is $6,240 a month. So if you can sit there and consistently do that, you're laughing. Why am I saying this? Why am I stressing 208 a day? Because at this point here, if you sit there and you can have that equipment cutting every single day from the time you open to the time you close, you're making money. You can then sit there and say, hey, um, Joe's welding and fabrication now has custom cutting services. All right. Now this leads into my next point. All right. Can you hire someone to run that equipment full time? Yes or no. Well, if you're no, no, then fine that there's nothing wrong with that. 
But just make sure that when you sit there and you add up all the time that you that that machine is going to be running for a certain job, you're counting that time into the bid for the project. All right. You have to do it. If not, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. But if you can sit there and have somebody run this thing all the time and they're, they're dead, their job description they run the plasma cutter, CNC cutter, um, laser table, fire, whatever that equipment is. That's their job. That's all they do. Then you can sit there and look at changing the business model a little bit. Now, what I'm talking about is sitting there and turning it into another small business that rents your equipment. All right. So. You could sit there, and I'm, I'm going to stick with the plasma table just for conversation's sake. Um, sit there and say, Joe's Welding is now renting this equipment to Phil's CNC table cutting services. And they're, they're leasing that company, you know, X amount of floor space and the equipment. Okay. At an hourly rate, boom, here you go. Now you have something that can sit there, turn around and, uh, be a tax write-off. All right. Now, yes, it's still the same company, yada, yada, but it's just a way to get around it. Not, I shouldn't say get around it, but a way to have that equipment make you more money. All right. And then on top of that, that guy is no longer part of Joe's welding services. They're part of Phil's cutting services. And what you can do now is you can sit there and, okay, all cutting services, like, you know, are going through them. And that guy is dedicated to that company, dedicated to that piece of equipment. And that guy runs it all the time. All right. It just talk to your accountant. It changes for everywhere where you live. But this is what we have talked to ours about. And in a nutshell, this is what we're going to be doing in time. All right. All right. So, or uh, just to, before we move up, I'll move on that. This is something where if you're charging your monthly rate, every, correction, if you're earning your monthly rate every day for the month, in this case, 208 a day for 30 days is $6,240 you're going to be able to pay that off faster. Okay. So as soon as that equipment is paid off, you can either sit there, turn around and buy another table and grow your company, or you can just sit there on the earnings and, you know, hire another employee or bring in more systems and stuff like that. The faster you can pay that off, the better. And that would be, that would be my, my personal advice to anybody is always make sure that you're, loans are open-ended um i personal experience i wasn't paying attention when i got our forklift and we sat there and it was a uh i think it was the term is closed term or something like that anyway and essentially what it was is we had to we had to make payments on it for a certain amount of time if not we could sit there and pay it off whenever we wanted but we still had to pay the full amount. 
like with all the interest as if we went the full term, which was a kick in the dick. But whatever, lesson learned, moving forward, that's what we're doing. Or that's what we did. It's paid off now. Um, so, yeah, that is that there. Um, and then uh, after that, honestly, guys, it's just a matter of allocation and making sure that that equipment that you're make sure the equipment that you're purchasing is is worth the investment okay don't sit there and buy a cheap offshore brand plasma table because oh it's 10 grand or five grand and a north american made one is 25 to 30 look at it and do your research and just because somebody else has given you the money it's your responsibility to make sure that that money earns you more money. I hope that makes sense. Anyway, guys, that is today's today's little tidbit and help. Um, we're just over half an hour. I know it's probably not what you guys were expecting, um, but I hope it helps somebody. That's the goal of this podcast is to sit there and help you guys as much as possible through lessons learned, like what today's episode was, and through uh, experiences of others. Hopefully this helps. Anyway, guys. Uh, I'm going to sign off. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. If you want to reach out to me, Chris at veteranwelding.ca, the veteran welding podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, veteran welding, uh, the veteran welding podcast. That's it.